Father, I thank you that you are a way maker. I thank you so much for all that you have done for us. I thank you for the times that we are, when we're going through the difficult trials, the difficult fiery trials, that you are there with us every step of the way, making a way for us. The things that seem impossible in our lives, the obstacles that we, we face on a daily basis, and it seems like we cannot get over that mountain or get through the wilderness, you are there every step of the way. And I thank you so much that we have the ability to be able to come into your presence. Father, today, I pray that you would open up our minds and our ears to what it is that you would have to say to us. There are difficult things that we hear sometimes that your word brings out, and it's difficult for us and our human flesh to be able to act it out. But God, I pray that you would help us to continually be drawing closer and closer and closer to you so we can continue obeying you, obeying your word, and, and just the fulfillment that we get out of being in a relationship with you. There is nothing that even comes close. There is nothing that comes close than we are in a close relationship with you. And so I pray, God, that our eyes would be fixed on you today, that your son, Jesus Christ, would be the cornerstone and the center of our lives. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for being the perfect, loving God. I thank you for being the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I thank you for being our Savior. I thank you for your grace, for your salvation, for your mercy. You are perfect in every way. And I thank you, God, for who you are. And we thank you for the fact that we have salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, that you sent to this earth so that one day we'll be able to receive the ability to be in your presence for all of eternity. We praise your name and we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody, I hope you guys are having an amazing day so far. Welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Pastor Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. So thank you once again for being here today. Whether you're watching right now live, maybe you're watching Avad on Twitch, maybe you're watching on YouTube or one of our many other platforms, we want to welcome you today and thank you once again for being here. I have the privilege to be able to bring you the message for today, which I'm super excited about. Um, as I was praying, uh, you know, and listening to the song Waymaker, uh, what I'm going to talk about today seems like a very impossible task, to be completely honest. And if you guys have been following us for a little while, if you've been listening to some of our messages as of late, we're going through the book of Matthew, or sorry, the book of Luke right now, not Matthew. Matthew is going to be in here, <laughs> but we're going through the book of Luke right now. We've been doing a series. We're uh, slowly continuing to, to go forward in it, and we're currently in chapter six. We're still going through the Sermon on the Plain, whether you think that's the same sermon as the Sermon on the Mount or maybe a different sermon. Um, you know, many scholars are still debating that to this day. That doesn't really matter. It's what Jesus is talking about, what he's really getting into here uh, in, in the book of Luke in chapter six. And so we're going to continue with the Sermon on the Plain today. And I've entitled this sermon, it's a question, but it, it's kind of like when you say, loving my enemy? Like, what is that? What does that even mean? It's a very easy thing to understand, but it's a very difficult command 
to be able to obey. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the the what love is, what unconditional love is. We're going to talk about how to love our enemies. And then finally, we're also going to talk about what God's love looks like for us and what our love should look like for other people as well, kind of going that extra mile for them. But before we get into that, I wanted you guys to do something for me because, listen, I'm a gamer. I've been a gamer since I was like three years old. Ever since the day I could pick up a controller and put that controller in my hands and I saw things moving on the screen, I don't remember what the first game I played was because I was so young, but I, I, I was hooked. That was it. Like my dad said when I was growing up, that, that was what I wanted to do. That was my hobby, right? I just wanted to play video games all the time and I loved it and I absolutely still love it to this day. But then there's specific video games that you adore. And when I talk about that, I mean, like, these are the games that when you play them, whether it's nostalgia factor or whatever, it is just like it hits home. You know what I mean? So what I want you to do in the chat real quick is put your favorite video game of all time in the chat. I mean, there is nothing that comes close or maybe you're one of those people. You're like, you know what? I have a different favorite video game every month because something new came out, you know, and I'm seeing some of them come in right now. I'm not going to say them because, you know, maybe it's second service right now. And you guys are like, nobody would put that one in the chat. Nobody put that in the chat. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it as is, but I'm going to tell you guys what my favorite video game is. My favorite video games of all time come from the Legend of Zelda series. Okay. Breath of the Wild. And a link to the past, all right? We can start putting other games in there in the top five. You can put Wind Waker up there. Skyward Sword is an amazing game. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Twilight Prince. I love the Legend of Zelda games. They are absolutely amazing. But now what I want you to do is I want you to put your most anticipated game. Hasn't come out And I know, okay, so you, I'll let you put Hogwarts Legacy in because technically it just released yesterday even though it technically released like a few days ago more or less but anyways hogwarts legacy uh, a lot of people have been waiting for that but your most anticipated game of the year maybe it's something like final fantasy 16 coming out later i think in june or something like that right i believe it's june but guys let me tell you something and i know i i already got people putting it in the chat here and i believe that people are going to put it in chat in second service and, and maybe you're in youtube put this in the chat as well your most anticipated game because guys i cannot wait till may 12th 2023 because tears of the kingdom is final listen i remember watching the release like that that it was in development the sequel to breath of the wild is in development 2019 i was like i can't wait to put my hands on this game and then they're like 2021 wow that's that's coming soon you know they said they said that in like 2020 and all of a sudden 2021 came out we didn't even get a nintendo direct that year all we got was wait until next year what do you mean wait until next year and then the next year, they said, wait until next year. And I said, what do you mean? And they finally dropped the date a few months ago. We got confirmation this past Nintendo Direct this past week that it is coming out May 12, 2023. And I'm so excited for it because I know that I'm going to love this game. Now, you've probably heard this before from other people, but you've probably heard that the people say this. We throw around the term love a lot. And do we actually mean it when we say that we love something or when we say that we love this person? Do we really mean it? And to an extent, I can agree with that. But I want to define what love is for you first. Love is not this fuzzy feeling 
where you walk into the room and you see that person that you've liked for a little while. I'm not even going to say that you love them because you probably don't. You, you've liked this person for a little while and got the those butterflies in your stomach. You know what I mean? You're like, wow, that, that, that's not what love is because love is not a feeling. Love is a sacrifice. Love is a willingness to go to the ends of the earth for something or that specific someone that no matter what happens, you are going to love them. It is a sacrifice and it is a willingness to be able to do whatever it is for that person to take care of them and to love them. It's what love is. And to love a game like that, okay, yeah, it would be a little bit too much. But I do want to point something out here that we do actually sacrifice for video games a little bit. And I know that I have before. The first thing that you sacrifice, let's be honest, you can't play video games if you don't have it, so you got to sacrifice your finances, all right? I'm talking like $60, $70. If you're buying a new console, you're looking at $400, $500. You're actually sacrificing a good portion of your finances to be able to play a video game. There's sacrifice involved. Another thing that you're sacrificing, you're sacrificing your time. You, you got to spend time playing that game. I know that I've spent over, I think it's like, I think I have like 2,000 hours or something like that in Final Fantasy fourteen. I've spent hundreds of hours in Skyrim. I've spent hundreds of hours in in doing, uh, in uh, what do you call it, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I've spent hours and hours, and it's sacrificing my time. You're sacrificing time with others as well because when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, I told my wife, I said, that week I will be present. I will be there for you, but I'm also going to be playing Tears of the Kingdom a lot. <laughs> so, And then uh, accidentally sometimes we might sacrifice food. All right, I'll be completely honest. When Skyrim first came out, I remember after lunch one day, I decided I was going to play the game, and I forgot completely about dinner, and I realized I was hungry, but I was about ready to go to bed because it was like 11 o'clock at night. I just I, I just got sucked into the wormhole of Skyrim, you know, doing this quest, doing that quest, and I, I just forgot about dinner. So I literally sacrificed dinner. I was like, it was almost like going to a period of fasting. Not really, okay? Don't, don't quote me, all right? <laughs> But that's what, that's what loving things or somebody is, is to sacrifice. But loving people is different, though. It's very different because it's not easy. Loving somebody and being in a relationship with somebody, it takes a lot of work. And once again, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And so now that we know what love is, to an extent at least, we're going to look at what Jesus says about love because he says a command here that's extremely difficult because he talks about loving our enemies and what that should look like. And so first thing I want to describe for you guys is what unconditional love is. See, this is the love that God has for all of us. It's called agape love. It's this unconditional love that no matter what, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what baggage you're carrying, no matter the, the difficult scenarios that you're going through, that he is going to love you no matter what. No matter what the circumstances, that God is going to love you. It is a perfect amount of love. It's not too much love. It's not too little love. It is a perfect amount of love that he has for you. And I believe that this is the type of love that we're supposed to have for all people. But I also believe that this is kind of an impossible feat for us to be able to experience or to be able to have while we're still here on this earth. The reason why is because, like I said, 
it's a perfect amount of love and we are imperfect people. There are just certain things that we're not necessarily capable of. Does that mean that we're not supposed to strive for that? No, I believe that we are supposed to strive to have this unconditional love for other people. And this is really, really, really hard, especially when it comes to your enemies. But I'm talking about your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm talking about your enemies having unconditional love for everyone. And like I said in the text that we're going to read today, simple command, but really, really difficult to obey. So I want to bring out to you guys Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 28. This is our main text in Luke. And it says this, But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. Without going too much into how to love someone yet we're going to get into that a little bit i'm going to explain certain things that you need to do to actually develop or have a loving sense grow in your life for another individual because i think here a flaw that christians have and maybe not just a flaw that christians have but a flaw that humans have just in general is that we have this we have this thought that you have to that I can't love this person unless they earn it. It's kind of like that respect or trust thing, right? I can't trust you. I can't respect you unless you earn it. And I think that we go as far to say that for love as well, that I can't love this person unless, unless they spend this amount of time with me. I can't love this person unless they do this amount of things. I can't love this person unless I've known them for a certain amount of time. But the fact of the matter is Jesus speaks in a completely backwards way that goes against our society, it goes against our culture, it goes against our flesh and what we want. He goes against the cultural standard of, of what we desire in our lives. Because a lot of times we don't wanna love everyone. We don't want to show love to everyone, especially those people that mistreat you or treat you poorly. You see, the human flesh, it only wants us to love someone if they've done something to deserve our love. That's what we want. We want somebody to deserve our love and then, and only then, are we willing to love somebody. The human flesh will make us say things like, I could never forgive someone who did that to me. I could never love someone like that. Those are things that our human flesh does. But here's the thing, if we wait, because I think we, we, we think that if we wait for this feeling to just grow inside of us, that fuzzy feeling that I, I was talking about before, if we just wait for this, this, this maybe, maybe at some point in time, if I wait long enough, or maybe they'll change at some point, then, then I'll love them. That's not going to happen. You're not just going to just automatically one day wake up and all of a sudden feel love for this person that's been treating you poorly for many years. You're not just going to wake up one day and say, all right, well, finally, finally, that feeling has come. It's finally hit me. No, that's not what Jesus says. He says that you need to do some things. You need to actually put some action into it. Like I said, relationships are difficult and they take work. Jesus says it's going to take some work. And so he asks you to do some things to help develop, to help foster this love that's supposed to grow inside of you for somebody. So the first thing he says is, do good to those who hate you. 
it's not easy. But here's the thing. Your love will be demonstrated while you're doing good for someone else, despite how you might feel about that person. Despite what they've done to you, despite how many times they've gone against you, as you're doing good for somebody, your love is finally, it's going to start doing something inside of your heart. It's going to start transforming something inside of there. And so Jesus says, do good to those who hate you. Second thing that he says is speak well about someone who speaks ill about you. Whether they're gossiping, slandering you, talking behind your back, I guess that's gossiping, you know. If they're insulting you, calling you names, persecuting you, to speak well, this is I this might be the hardest one of all the three, to be completely honest, because I don't know about you guys, but when somebody speaks negatively about me, I don't want to speak well about them. I don't want to do that. But once again, Jesus says to speak well about someone who speaks ill about you, to bless those who curse you. And finally, he says, pray for those who use you. Pray for the people who use you. Pray for those people that they might turn from their wicked ways. Pray for those people that the things that they're doing to you, the way that they're treating you poorly, the way that they're mistreating other people, and you're seeing that, pray for them. Once you start doing these three things, there's something that starts to change inside of you. Like I said, this starts developing something different inside of you, and you start feeling empathy. You start feeling sympathy for this person. You start having a completely different perspective on the person that they are, that they are lost. You don't have this super hatred or this dislike for this person anymore, but because you've been doing good things for them, you've been praying for them, you've even been speaking well for them, even when they don't deserve it, you start to have a completely different perspective of who that person is. You start to recognize that, you know what? I have my own flaws. God created me, but God also created them. God loves me and all of my flaws, but God also loves them and all their flaws as well. And he calls us to love them. So I want you guys to do something for a second. I do this a lot in my sermons, but I really, I, I want to explain why I do this. I ask you guys to reflect on your lives a lot or to close your eyes and think about something. But the reason why I do it is because I think it's really, really important for us to recognize some certain things in our lives. And I think that we don't think about certain questions enough in our lives to really understand. Because we could say, oh, yeah, I, I do that. But when we really reflect on it, we reflect on specific circumstances that happened this past week or this past month, this past year, the way that we actually react to things in our life. If we really look at it, sometimes we might see something that we haven't recognized in our own heart yet that needs to be able to change. And so what I want you guys to do right now, I do want you to reflect. I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes. And I want you to ask yourself these couple of questions. Are these three commands of doing good to those who hate you, speaking well about someone who speaks ill about you, and praying for those people as well, are these three commands from Jesus something that you practice in your everyday life? In your everyday life? Or do you see yourself waiting to just see if your feelings about this person is going to change. At some point in time, I might actually feel love for this person. At some point, I might wake up and I might feel love and I'm going to wait for that moment. But that's not what Jesus says to do. 
He says to do these things. So are you truly doing those things for people in your everyday life? And we're going to do that reflection uh, thing a couple of times today. But now we hit the really hard part of the command, the actual how to love your enemies, how to love my enemies. The steps of above that I gave could be considered this, but I think it just, I think it goes so much deeper than just these three steps that I just gave. Because what happens when someone does something to you and they are, I'm going to put it in quotes, deserving of the same thing back. They, they mistreat you. They, they, they say something bad about you. They insult you. Deserving an insult back or to be treated badly, right? That's what, that's what we've been taught our entire lives. That's what society, that's what culture, that's what commercials, that's what TV shows, that's what it teaches us to do is that when somebody does something to you that you do the same thing back to them. But Jesus here, he goes against the grain completely, against what society says. He goes against what culture says, and he says, you're going to do something completely different. And so Luke chapter 6, verses 29 through 31 says this. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. If anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, the golden rule, do the same for them. Now, there may be a couple of confusing things here because this is completely backwards to how we've been taught and how people treat other people today just in modern day life. We don't, we don't see this a lot, right? We don't, we don't see people offering the other cheek. What does that actually mean? You see, Jesus is speaking to a group of people here that understand the Jewish culture of this day and age. In this day, a backhand to the cheek is the largest and most vile form of disrespect that you can have for somebody. In today's day and age, you might see it as somebody spitting on someone. Doesn't necessarily hurt them. It's not necessarily something that's going to be, you know, like super, it's a form of disrespect. And so what Jesus is saying, he's not saying if somebody's trying to hurt you, not to defend yourself and just to let yourself get beat up. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that when you're disrespected in the worst way that you can possibly think of, to patiently bear it, to patiently bear the insults, and don't give them what they deserve back. This is mercy not giving them what they deserve. We're going to talk about mercy in a little bit, but he asks us to give mercy to other people that even when they disrespect you, even when they talk bad about you, don't give the same thing back. And I do believe that in these cases, we need to trust that God can defend us in his own way anyways, right? I think a lot of times we think we need to defend ourselves, but we have the God who created the entire universe. We have the God who literally opened his mouth and planets <laughs> were formed, okay? I think he can defend me a little bit more than I can defend myself. But in our own pride, in our own way, we think we could defend ourselves better, but sometimes we, need, we just need to trust that God can defend us in his own way. And so in verses 29 and 30, Jesus says that if someone takes something from you to essentially give them even more. 
And I'm not saying that if somebody takes your PlayStation 4, they give them your PlayStation 5. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus is offering a different viewpoint on things here. He's saying that we need to continually be lavishing love on another individual and essentially give them more. Showing love, just giving somebody an overwhelming amount of love. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says this, very short, but very powerful. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Lavish love onto other people. The evil that they're doing to you, conquer that evil with good. Conquer that evil with love. And then many people know verse 31, the golden rule, as it's been called for many, many years. Even people that didn't grow up in church or know scripture know the golden rule because their parents, parents probably heard it somewhere and they were taught it. And so they teach it to their children, but it actually came from Jesus. And so verse 31 saying, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. You may have heard it as uh, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. But what does that actually mean? <laughs> okay. My brother actually used to take the golden rule and he would completely turn around so that it would actually backfire in my face. It, not the best way to treat your brother. But <laughs> going apart from that, it means to treat others the way that you want to be treated, even when they're treating you poorly. Even because Jesus, like I said, this whole thing is about loving your enemies, not just loving the people that it's easy to love, but loving your enemies. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated, not just your brothers and sisters. Every single person, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what they've done to you, no matter how impossible you think it is to love this individual, to treat them the same way that you would have them treat you. So once again, I want you to reflect on your moment, your, uh, a few moments on your life. And first, I want you to think about those people that treat you well. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, your spouse, the people that treat you well in your life, whoever that may be, do you treat them with kindness? I know a lot of people, they have people in their lives that, that, that treat them super well, but they don't want that close relationship or they're closed off for some reason, shape, or form. So they treat them poorly. They try, to, they try to keep them at an arm's length. Do you treat people who treat you well with kindness? Do you follow the golden rule that Jesus has laid out here? But then the even harder question, think about those people that treat you poorly or mistreat you in your life. Whoever, whoever that might be, that could also be family. It could also be a spouse. It could be your boss. It could be coworkers. It could be your enemy at school or your enemy at work, whatever that looks like. How do you treat those people? The people that have fought against you, the people that have gossiped about you behind your back, the people that have slandered you and your name, whatever they've done. Do you also treat them with kindness? Do you also follow the golden rule of treating them the way that you would want to be treated? Because I'll be completely honest in my life, I have not always done that. With the people that have gone against me, with the people that I, I don't always speak well about them. 
I don't always treat them the way that I would like to be treated, but this is what Jesus commands us to do. Jesus states that no matter what, we need to be treating each other with kindness and with goodness. And then the last point I want to jump into is God's mercy, his grace, and his love. God's mercy, grace, and love. I want to read for you guys Luke chapter 6, verses 32 through 36. And it says this, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. Then... And only then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. It's easier to treat others well when they are treating you as well. Or when they're treat treating you well as well. This is just human nature. But it's really difficult to show love to those people that are treating you poorly. But we talked about this agape love before, this unconditional love that we're supposed to have for all people. I want you to, listen, I want you to understand how important these verses are right here, okay? Because verse 35 says that if you do this, if you love those who treat you poorly, your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. I think we take this lightly sometimes. I think we take this verse lightly and we say, well, you know what? I've accepted Jesus. So he understands that if I don't love this person, it's okay. He knows what this person has done to me. He knows how they've disrespected me. He's known what they've done to me. He's no he knows how they've hurt me. So he'll understand if I don't show them love. Or he might say, this person did this to me, so it's okay for me not to forgive them. God knows where my heart is. I've accepted his son, Jesus, but it's okay for me not to forgive this person because this is the exception. God knows what they did to me, and it's impossible for me to forgive that person. I want to remind you, Matthew 6 Chapter 14 through 15 says this, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. How important 
are these ver- they they are integral for eternity okay these things are talking about your eternal life here we have to be showing this love for other people because when we accept jesus christ into our hearts listen to me our hearts start to change there is a miracle at work when you accept jesus christ there is a transformation that starts to happen the things that jesus said going against the cultural standard all of a sudden your heart is starting to say i don't understand this i don't understand why i want to do this for these other people but there's something that's changing inside of me this is what jesus christ does in your life when you start when you accept him into your life and you're allowing him to start changing in your heart okay because culture and society your teachers your parents they may have taught you one thing but jesus is saying something completely different it goes against everything that your flesh wants to do but your flesh starts to be being overcome by the spirit because the holy spirit is now living inside of you and the holy spirit wants to continue moving you forward into a place that is more righteous that is more holy because it's changing you on a daily basis and that is what happens when you accept jesus christ the things, like I said, that our flesh wants, it starts to be taken over by the Spirit. Accepting Jesus Christ, the things that seemed impossible at first, it seemed impossible for me to forgive this person. It seems impossible for me to love that person. But when we accept Jesus, the impossible starts becoming possible. Something different starts to happen in our minds. Something different starts to change and well up inside of us. I want to say this next part right because it's kind of a bold statement. I truly believe in what the Bible says. If you believe that it is impossible for you to forgive someone or you believe that it's impossible for you to love someone, then accepting Jesus Christ needs to be a priority in your life. Like I said, we, we cannot take these statements lightly. We can't. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that you, you've been struggling to love somebody and you've been struggling to forgive somebody. I get that. I've been there, okay? I'm not saying that you have not accepted Jesus Christ, but I'm saying if you are that, if you're in that mindset that it is impossible for you to love someone or it is impossible for you to forgive someone, that transformation work needs to start in your heart. You need to allow Jesus to truly start transforming you out from the inside out. It is not an easy thing. And I know it's not easy. It is a process for us because as humans, it's difficult. But this is a command that Jesus gave to us. And so when you accept him, allow him to work in your heart. Allow him to start transforming some things. Allow him to start changing some things inside of you. We're called to show mercy to other people. Verse 30, 36 talks about mercy. But I think a lot of times we, we talk about mercy and we don't actually know what mercy is. So what is mercy? It's not giving someone something that they deserve. 
It's not giving someone what they deserve, right? Let, let, let me give you guys an example. If, if Pastor Daylight came up to me, happy birthday, Pastor Daylight, by the way. If Pastor Daylight came up to me, it's, it, listen, Pastor Daylight, he's a big guy, okay? I always thought he was a short guy, like when I ever saw him on stream, but he's actually a pretty big dude. He's a, I, think he, I think he's as tall, if not a little bit taller than me. I'm 6'2", I can't remember. But he's a big dude, right? If he came up to me and punched me in the face... You better believe he's going to be punched right back, right? That would be what he deserves. But if I'm going to show Pastor Daylight mercy, he comes up and punches me in the face. Mercy would be not giving him something that he deserves. I'm not going to punch him in the face. But then here's the thing about God's love, because God does something a little bit different. He doesn't just give mercy, but he does something else as well. And I think this is something that we need to strive to do for all people. And I don't think we do this a lot. Not only does God show us mercy, but he gives us grace as well. So let's go back to that same example. Pastor Daylight comes up to me, punches me in the face. Listen, like I said, he's a big dude. It's going to hurt, right? But then I'm going to show him mercy. I'm going to say, you know what, Pastor Daylight? I accept this. <laughs> Turn the other cheek, you know what I mean? But then I'm going to say, you know what, Pastor Daylight? Instead, I'm going to show you grace as well. Let me, let me take you out for some ice cream. Grace is giving somebody something that they don't deserve. Mercy, not giving somebody what they do deserve. Grace, giving somebody something that they don't deserve. That's what we need to be doing for other people. Every day, every single day, to our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ and our enemies. And like I said, I know that's really difficult. I know it's hard, but it's possible when you have Jesus Christ working and living inside of you. You see, God's love, his mercy, his grace was given to us I, I deserve hell. The things that I've done in my life, the problems that I have, the sins that I've struggled with, and the sins that I struggle with still today, I deserve hell. We all do. There is a real hell. There is a real heaven. If there wasn't a hell, there would have been no reason for Jesus Christ to go to the cross. It would completely go against what the Bible talks about. It wouldn't, mercy wouldn't even be a thing, okay? Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve because I deserve hell. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me so that my heart, so that the sins that I have on me could be covered by his blood. But then he takes it a little bit farther, right? Like I said before, he's also going to give me something that I don't deserve. The ability to be with him for all of eternity to be in his presence, to give me that life, to give me that fulfillment, to be in a place where there is no pain, where there's no tears, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no suffering. My, my multiple sclerosis that I have, right? It won't be there anymore at all. It gives me grace. And some of you today, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing that there is a God out there that is so great so loving, so merciful, that all of the baggage that you are carrying, he's, ar he's already sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take that from you. 
that weight that you've been carrying, you've been trying to find fulfillment in so many different areas. You try to find fulfillment in video games. You try to find it on Netflix. You try to find it watching Disney movies, okay? You try to watch it doing all these different things. You try to find it at the bottom of a bottle. You try to find it by going to this website that you go to. You're trying to find fulfillment in all these different areas. Only Jesus can give you that fulfillment that you're looking for because you're trying to fill a hole that's in your heart that's God-shaped that only he can fill. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna give you an opportunity. Those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I wanna give you an opportunity today to accept him. And it's not, listen, This is eternity we're talking about. I don't know how long my life is gonna last. You don't know how long your life is gonna last. Life sometimes throws us a curveball and we just don't understand. This is so important. I had somebody say to me one time, well, what if I wait my entire life to accept Jesus Christ until the day I'm on my deathbed? And I said, you know what? If you make it to your deathbed and you know you're about to pass away, and you have the ability to reach out your hand and accept Jesus Christ, because I've seen that before in multiple different ways. I believe that Jesus, you know, he comes and lives inside of you. And I believe that that is the moment that you are saved. But we don't all know how long our life is. We might not make it to our deathbed. And I know that's a really morbid statement, a morbid thing to talk about, but it's true. The reason why I'm saying this is because I believe so much in the fulfillment and the love that God has for me. I wouldn't be talking about it today in this passionately if I didn't. And so what I wanna do is give you an opportunity today if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart to be able to accept him. Maybe, maybe I've been talking here today and you've just recognized that your life hasn't been on course for years or for months or whatever that might look like and you wanna rededicate your life. I wanna give you an opportunity to rededicate your life to Jesus as well. You can, you're starting to realize I, I don't have this type of love for people and I need to have that type of love. I haven't had that fulfillment in a long time. That, that, that presence, I haven't felt that in a long time. I want to give you an opportunity to be able to rededicate your life as well. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to ask you to repeat a prayer after me, but don't think that you're, you're not praying this prayer to me. This is a prayer for God. This is you speaking specifically to him. This is not some magical words that you're saying or anything like that. The reason why I sometimes use this prayer, I know a lot of people sometimes don't like the prayer, but the reason why I, I use it is because it's a tangible thing that you can use in the future, right? A lot of times we're going through our Christian walk and our walk with Jesus and we start doubting, did I ever actually receive Jesus Christ? Did I, I'm, I've, been, I've been slipping and sliding for a little while and I don't know if I really actually, I've been there. I've had those thoughts. I've had those questions. But what I do is this prayer for me was a tangible thing that I could go back to and say, hey, I remember that I committed my life to Jesus. And yeah, I've messed up, but you know what? That's the reason why I have Jesus Christ in my life in the first place because I am going to mess up, because I am not perfect, because I am human. And so this is something that you can go back to and say, you know what? I remember that commitment I made. I remember the moment that I made that commitment, the weight that was lifted off me, all the things that I've done, feeling this complete difference inside of me. And I want to give an opportunity today to be able to feel that difference. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life for the first time, or even rededicate your life, what I would ask you to do is repeat this prayer after me. 
dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and I believe that he rose from the grave. And right now, God, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I ask that you would come live inside of my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Give it up for anyone here who just accepted Jesus as their savior. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Um, also, if you're watching the VOD later and you make this decision, we just want to say we could not be more excited for you because this is the best decision you could ever make. And you know, you might have questions like, what the heck does it mean for Jesus to live inside of me? You know, like we use some weird terms sometimes, right? So if you just have more questions, you want to figure out and learn more, we are here for you. So reach out to us, ask us any questions you might have, um, but we could not be more excited. Uh, yeah, because you get to inherit God's kingdom, an amazing kingdom where there is no pain and suffering and you just get to be with God, your heavenly father forever and ever and ever. And you have no enemies that you have to worry about loving, you know, <laughs> like I can't even imagine this place. Um, but God, God is so, so good. So Pastor Boz, thank you so much for that amazing message. Definitely a hard message to hear for sure. I, whenever I think of enemies, you know, you kind of think like, the battle and like, I don't have any enemies. Like I'm not slaying people with swords, right? But for me, especially as a female, like we can get nasty and bitter towards each other and like gossip. I think we don't realize how hurtful gossip is. And so I can think of people I've wronged. I can immediately think of the people that I don't like and I never want to see again. And I don't want to hang out with them, let alone love them. Like it's just, it's so hard, but it's true. Like you don't want to give them what they deserve. Yes, they may deserve something bad because they just treated you that way, but you don't have to be the one to do that. Like praise God that he is the judge and we are not, am I right? And that would be awesome if Christians are known for their love in loving their enemies. But sadly, I don't think we are. So we have some work to do and I am totally right there with that i need to work on that <laughs> so so true so yes very very hard i hope you guys feel encouraged though that like this is something we all need to work on together and we can encourage each other to try and love our enemies so again if you even need help with that reach out to us like we are here for you okay okay yeah um so yeah i also want to let you know if you have just accepted jesus as your savior, um, we have something called baptism, or maybe some of you have never done baptism before. What is baptism? You might have heard this term many times, but it basically is you're just publicly declaring that you want to give your life to Jesus and you recognize him as your savior. And so we have baptism services here at God Squad Church. Um, it's 
pretty cool how we do it online, you know? We tell you to go find a pool or something to jump into, and we will baptize you from one screen to another, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. So if you want to um, be baptized, you can see the links in the chat. Go ahead, sign up. We have a class that kind of tells you a little bit more about what you're about to do. And then we will have some baptisms on stream. So yeah, and then also, if you just decided to follow Jesus, we have our connect form, exclamation point, connect in the chat. Fill this out, fill out as much as you feel comfortable. You don't have to fill out the whole thing um, so that we, again, can connect with you. Also, if you're new here and you want to get connected, um, find more about our community, find out more about whatever, we encourage you guys to fill out this form as well. And yeah, we are just so grateful that you are here spending time with us and that you're curious about God and who he is. Um, and then now we are going to enter a time of offering and giving. And so we couldn't do this without you guys and without your giving. Um, we have to do so much behind the scenes, you know, um, and to operate and we we need you and so we want to say thank you so much for those of you who have been giving and donating your time your finances all those things thank you thank you thank you so much it's because of you that we are able to get on twitch and to reach gamers for jesus which is incredible so if you would like to become part of the mission and give we have a couple of safe and secure ways for you to be able to do that so First, you can just put exclamation point give in the chat and you'll get some links. You can go below the Twitch stream, click on our give um, panel right there. If you're in the USA, you can get your phone out and you can text any amount to the number 84321. Again, that's 84321. Um, and you can also go to our website and there's information there about how to give and stuff like that. So again, we thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us and supporting this mission.